Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is kayak fishing dead? Man, such a great question. Chad Hoover brought me on a show recently to discuss this. And uh, all throughout this video, I'm going to stop and ask you questions because we want to hear from you. Do you think kayak fishing is dead? Yes, no, let us know in the comments below. Let's get this party started. The status of the industry. What do you think about growth trends? Are we trending up? Are we trending down? Are we flat? Like where, where are we at as an industry? Yeah, I feel like there is this perception. Like I, I've only been in this two and a half years, Chad. So you you know, with 12 years experience, I don't have a basis for a lot, but I started my channel back, you know, middle of COVID. And so, man, it was hot. Everybody and their brother was trying out kayak fishing because they need to be six feet apart from someone else. And well, what's better, what better way to do that than get out in the out nature? What's even better than that? Get out in the boat where you don't get next to people anyways. And so as everyone knows, it went hot, 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 hot. And then I don't know if it was recently, but we're looking at the last, you know, six months or so. And there might be this perception that oh, kayak fishing is dying. People were at the iCast and were like, oh, well, this boat manufacturer wasn't there. And this boat manufacturer wasn't there. This must mean, insert your own narrative. And then you got content creators out there. Is kayak fishing dead? The decline of kayak fishing, this, that, and the other. And so there could be this perception simply based off of, you know, one data point. Hey, you know, Hobie wasn't an iCast and neither was this company and neither was this company. That must mean they're not there because they don't have money or it must not be worth it or they must not be worth investing in. And so it must be dying. That is the conclusion. And uh, we talked about this a little bit off the show, um, but what's, what is really happening, I believe, in the state of kind of kayak fishing, it's still rocking and rolling, in my opinion. Uh, I see more, and this is kind of subjective. I see more kayaks out on the lakes that I fish more than I ever have, even two years ago when it was everyone was buying them. I mean, they're everywhere. And there is a secondary kayak fishing market right now. And I know for me, I haven't bought a single one of my kayaks MSRP from the store. Just didn't do it. Got them both over the last two years. My native Slayer Propel 10, drove two hours to Pittsburgh, picked that bad boy up. And my uh, Bonafide P127 drove two hours to Dayton to pick that up. And so people aren't, if you're just simply going off of sales, and we can talk about this a little bit because I sent you some market research, which is fascinating. So I'm looking really forward to getting your kind of um, getting your opinion on that because it was giving projections for the market through 2027. And so, and it was done two years ago. So we're kind of right in the middle of it. And we're going to see if they missed. I think all these deductions and narratives people are pulling from just a little bit of information. Um, and drawing the conclusion that kayak fishing is is dying, I think is in, is incorrect. It's false. All right, before we hop into this, I want to hear from you. Do you feel like kayak fishing is dying, or do you feel like something else is going on here? If you believe like something else is going on, please let me know in the comments below. All right, let's keep this going. So I'm going to give you my insight on it, um, and then we'll both talk about you know what we consider one of the better innovations. Uh, you know, at the end. Um, so anytime you have a industry, and you have an industry leader. And you have an industry platform, okay, meaning the place where the industry gathers, uh, like you do with iCast. Certain inferences are going to be drawn when at iCast there is a reduced posture 
of kayak fishing presence. Mm. And then there's the absence of the leader. Okay. And for the year, for years, and maybe even incorrectly so, um, Hobie has been dubbed the leader. And the reason, the only reason I say incorrectly so is because the true leader in plastic water vessel sales, by all of the research that you sent me and the research that I've found over the years myself and stuff that I've also participated in through the Outdoor Industry Alliance and some other things, uh, Leisure Trends is a company that does it and has been that there's a misrepresentation of what a fishing kite is. Mm. We talked about this offline and I'm going to talk to the folks here a little bit about it, but not go as crazy in depth. If you've ever noticed when you go to Bass Pro Shop or Dick's or any of your major retailers that sell kayaks, even if they're called a fishing kayak, they put them in their camping section. The reason that they put them in the camping section is they're trying to avoid ever having that category move into the requirement to collect FET or federal excise tax on it like they would if they started calling those things fishing products, right? Especially if an electric motor is attached to it. And again, that's a whole separate discussion that we'll get into. But the problem is, if you take a company like Bass Pro Shop, who owns, or Johnny Morris's collective group of enterprises, uh, there's a company called Tracker. Mm. Tracker makes the Bass Tracker, and they, they have a division called Tracker Plastics. And in all of the research that I've ever found, Tracker Plastics has always been absent from their measurement. All the Alibaba brands are absent from the measurement. So when you look at the size of the market and you consider that what I think is the absentee leader mm. in total sales being Tracker Plastics, who makes the Ascend series and makes the boats for Bass Pro Shop, and then you take into account that you're also missing some significantly popular boats like Brooklyn Kayak, Lightning, Vibe, um, Hoodoo, Hammerhead. There's probably a bunch more because, again, you can simply order a container of those boats, throw your name on it, bada boom, bada bing, shake it up, throw some Yahtzee dice in your kayak. That doesn't truly represent what the market is. And so I think what's happened also is that there's been a somewhat of a move away from specialty into big box and big box does a really good job of not reporting correctly because they're very competitive with the other big box. And so when you lose the best reporting for the number one selling brand, it, it, it skews the numbers. And so on paper, Pelican International is the number one selling company in that category. Mm. And it's probably because their price point boat is also named a catch and it's marketed and positioned as a fishing kayak. So it counts. A lot of their other boats don't count. So they're actually bigger than the studies say. Mm. Hobie has been sitting right there at number two in total sales, unit sales, and dollars for 22 years. Okay. So in my mind, Hobie is number one and they've been number one because those other companies are, are shell gaming and they're servicing kind of a different market, but they still are, they're still relevant. They're gateway products. They count, if you will. Right. But Hobie's been in that number one position. And then what's happened with Hobie is that Hobie hit every category in my acronym, stability, comfort, mm. rigability, reliability, affordability, again, for what you get, you know, affordability doesn't mean cheap. It just means for what you get, is it worth it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Performance. They performed the best as a pedal drive. They did motor well because it had a big hole that wasn't a displacement hole, wasn't quite a planing hole, but it motorized better 
than a lot of the other boats out there. And for the discriminating angler that wanted the best, Hobie satisfied that criteria. Mm. Where they beat everybody's brakes off for years was the service after the sale, mm-hmm. the dealer satisfaction, and how they handle warranties. Now, I'm going to talk about those a little bit because it, it, it's worth diving into. Warranty is probably the biggest hot button item out there. So this is actually just a perfect segue into talking about this. When you have a problem with your F-150, you don't call Ford in Detroit or wherever they're actually at. You don't pick up your phone if your Tesla didn't charge overnight and call Elon Musk. But we have this weird thing in the kayak industry where kayak companies have tried hard enough to satisfy individuals that they've created this expectation that they should. And because of warranty issues where if the dealer took care of the customer, they could count on the manufacturer to take care of them. So therefore you only had to interact with your dealer. The the customer satisfaction has gone down in both categories. And I'll tell you why, because for years and years and years, like for example, when I owned my shop, I would make the warranty call. I would replace the boat out of inventory. Then I would reach out to the manufacturer and say, Hey, I need a replacement for this boat on my next shipment. Yada, yada. That Mm. customer never missed a day. It was seamless for them. All right, guys, I'm curious. Have you ever had to put in for a warranty claim on your fishing kayak? If you have, Please let us know in the comments below how that experience was, how long it took, any frustrations, or if it was a really pleasant experience. So let us know in the comments below. I'm really looking forward to reading those. But I would do that because I knew that the manufacturer would take care of me. Right. What's happened particularly at Hobie, and it's happening at several brands, but because the one with Hobie is the biggest hot button item out there, is they're getting hit on two fronts and I don't envy this position. And I also don't root for failure in anybody in this space because it's symbolic of there being a problem in our industry. You hit on the fact that there's a secondary sales market. And I will say that I think that the sales seem to be declining or even flat, not because they are, but because we had this overinflation of the market during COVID, everybody with a little extra bit of money and a little extra time on their hands and could work remotely jumped into fishing kayak. But after they've now gone back to work and they got to show up to the office and they're they're tripping over their six thousand dollar investment in their garage and their <laughs> their wife or their life partners complaining about it being there because she's parking in the driveway and stuff like that, those things are going back on the market. Mm. And a couple of things are happening. Kayak anglers who've been in the game for a long time are seeing these sales pop up and they're gobbling up those boats, knowing that that person is selling it at a significant fire sale price and they know they can pick it up and set on it and, and upsell it. I've seen that a number of times. Oh yeah. And so that's one thing that's being perpetuated. And the other thing that's happening is there's just an excess of inventory on the market from people selling used boats. That being coupled with the influx of more Alibaba boats, more of your boutique brands, and then more of the big box entrance into the market with their own brands, mm-hmm. it seems like it's flat. But when you look at sales of fishing kayaks and you don't count tracker plastics, Mm. Your data is already skewed because Tracker Plastics is one of the biggest in the game. By how much? Um, I know, by a lot. Bigger than b- bigger than Pelican International. And so I know the number, 15% bigger. Okay. Yeah. They're bigger They're bigger than Pelican International. Bigger than Pelican International is bigger than Hobie, if that makes sense. The delta between them and second, who the research shows is number one, and number one and number two is bigger. And I think that that's problematic because when you're trying to make decisions on the size of an industry, 
and you're not counting the biggest and you're not understanding why they're the biggest, here's why they're the biggest. I can't walk into a specialty retail shop and walk out of a that kayak shop in most cases without dropping significant dollars. Hmm. I can walk into Bass Pro Shop, Cabela's, Shields, Dick's, apply for their store credit card, mm-hmm. get their rewards points, and walk out of that store ready to f- kayak fish with $0 spent, and I owe $89 next month, right? So the value proposition for the low barrier to entry for a lot of people has accelerated those sales. And most of the Alibaba brand advocates are also hip to that. They're setting up pay now, play, play now, pay later mm-hmm. in their stores with a firm and PayPal financing and things like that. And so the traditional sales channel, the traditional sales funnel, get them interested in kayak fishing, bring them to your website, go to the dealer locator, go to the dealer, walk out with a fishing kayak is the most disrupted it's ever been. Mm. But that also means that the market is healthy because, in my opinion, these other subcategory markets wouldn't be thriving because the weakest sales in a disease are the first to die, right, through a process in our body called autophagy. It kills the weakest cells first. So if you think about an industry as a whole, the industry would not be healthy enough to support new growth, and those newest companies would die first. Right. If the company, if the, if the industry sucked. So the fact that there are Brooklyn kayaks and hoodoos and uh, van hooks and, you know, I, I can't name them all. Um, that just shows that there's the industry still worth investing in. And those people are selling those boats and not all of them are counted in the data, both in the study that you shared with me and the, and the, the number of studies that I've seen over the years. So mm-hmm. I think kayak fishing is the healthiest it's ever been. But I think we're in for a two year right sizing from what we went through with this crazy spike during COVID. Mm. And I think it's just going to be one of those things that's going to have some casualties. One of the biggest casualties out there is the confidence in Hobie as a brand. And it sucks because that trickles down to everybody. Sure. Right. There's people that think because I do a series and the BOS is a competition with me and all that, that I'm somehow rooting for Hobie's demise. And that's not the case because I'm in kayak fishing. I make a living kayak fishing. So bad things in kayak fishing are bad for business for me. And so I, I hope and I'm fairly confident that Hobie is going to get it figured out. But it's going to be a reverse engineer process because right now you've got kind of like a, an imploding situation that's happening. Last year was the first time in recorded history that Hobie discounted that I ever saw in my life. In fact, they right. were very, very um, opposed to it. Well, this year they discounted again. And the first time that they discounted, not every dealer got on board with it. And this time, I think it was across the board. Everybody was squawking about it, posting about it, talking about it. And when I look at the numbers of what they sold that boat for, I know what margins are. I know what freight costs Hmm. to get the boats from California to a dealer somewhere in the Midwest or Northeast or even the Southeast. I know that most of those retailers are dumping those boats to get rid of inventory and to just recoup their investment. But that Mm. means they're not making money. So that means they're not going to be successful. It also means that if they had that hard of a time selling the inventory that they bought the year before, even at a discount, Mm -hmm. they're going to be less likely to place a very robust order. 
for their preseason, which starts in August in this industry. And so that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for the fact that now you took this snowball that Hobie had going, and now that snowball is melting. It's very hard to get momentum going back uphill once you start rolling downhill, even a little bit. Mm. And so I hope they figure it out. I think that they they legitimately, and I've said it in a number of videos, uh, I think that the links w- could have been a game changer if they further invested in that concept, if they further invested in that process. I think inflatable is one of the categories in the future. And I think if they had taken that iTrack concept a little further, made it a little more durable on the surface, on the you know top part of the deck, and offered even maybe a you know a 14 and a half, four, you know, bigger version for bigger people, that boat could have destroyed it. It could have it could have could have crushed it. But the the links, because it was a foam filled you know, different type of, uh, uh, injection molding, um, process. Um, I felt like it could be potentially the future of how boats are manufactured. And now because of that downturn in their demand and th- those issues, it's going to slow their innovation. And what I loved about Hobie's innovation is it pushed everybody else. I don't know if it's not pushing everybody else because now what I think happens is people are vying for the title. All right, guys, Hobie. So let me know what you think in the comments. Is the company eroding slowly? Do they have a problem with consumer satisfaction? Do they have a problem with dealer satisfaction? I would love to hear your take, especially if any first-hand experience in the comments. All right, head back on in. And I'm gonna get some for saying this, but I'm just gonna tell you how it is. You can disagree with me if you want to, and you know, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. Sometimes you're just gonna be wrong. But here's the situation. I've been in this industry for a long time. I've been kayak fishing, it'll be 30 years in uh, November. I've been in the professional side of this industry for almost two decades and everybody conceded that Hobie was number one. Right. It was just Hobie's number one. This is the price point that they're at. We're not going to challenge that price point and we're all going to compete down here for number two through whatever. And now you've got big adventures emboldened to cross that big price threshold with the Mm -hmm. Titan X. You've got Mm -hmm. old town, knocking on the door with the autopilot series for the last couple of years. But remember, they stayed right below that threshold. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you guys, this is how it works. For a long time, they conceded. Hobie's number one. Their boat's $5,000. We're going to stay here around $4,000, even with our flagship boat. So here's what the real problem that I see is. Not problem. The status of the industry is warranty has become a big issue for Hobie, both with cracked holes um, seized drives, particularly the 360 drive. And most of the people that I talk to, dealers, users, pro staffers, everybody along the way, there's at least some level of dissatisfaction at every level, at the dealer level, the reps, the consumers. We talked about our buddy Alex. We're not going to go too hard in that tangent because Alex is actually going to come here in November around the time of the knucklehead thing. And we're going to collab. We're going to do some videos. We're going to do a UFC style weigh in for all the popular fishing kayaks and say, this is what they say on the website. This is what they actually weigh. We're going to actually go out and do, we're going to go out and do some weight capacity testing. We're going to get some sandbags and some metal plates. And we're going to test these boats with the weight that the manufacturers say that they are not the weight that the angler says they are, but the weight that did actually, you know, certified weights. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. And then we're going to flip some boats and play the game that Alex loves to play. Uh, I think he also almost creates a misrepresentation of how good he actually is by some of his antics. And I get it. It's, it's part of it, but the guy's really actually 
smart about the industry and he gets it and he he's done enough of trying all the different boats that, it, that he gets feedback from everybody and because he's not a pro staffer he's got zero f's given and it can do whatever he wants to <laughs> that's a unique and kind of a refreshing position and i really think it's a role that we need and so he does a good job of filling that that void but the problems with hobie are indicative of that there's something amiss from a from a leadership standpoint like i think that that somebody could identify these things and take corrective measures and going into the second year of having the same problems i'm not sure that that's happening and i hope i really hope that they figure it out because i know they moved to mexico which is going to allow them to streamline their manufacturing get more profitable uh, get more uh, and if they're more profitable that means they have more money to put in innovation they've already right. demonstrated that they're leaders in innovation so if they can get more profitable to where they can reinvest that money in innovation, make an effort to take back that lead position, we then have a three-horse race. And we've not had a three-horse race in a long time. And here's what happens as anglers when brands compete. When they compete, we win. Right. So as much as I'm affiliated with one brand over the other one, I'm a fan of competition because competition with KBF made me make KBF better. Competition with Hobie is gonna has made these other brands better, but now that these other brands are challenging for the you know the top position, now that Native's got the tight nexus knocking on the door of, is this the pro angler killer? You know, mm -hmm. I think that's why the NAR got so much blowback from what it could be versus what it is because it was supposed to be something that gave the pro angler a run for its money, and it just it really didn't. But the tight X has got a real shot at it. I also think that the EPDL has got a real shot at it. I, I personally disagree with and agree with some of the takes out there. I understand that people say, oh, it should have worked with all the other drives, the boats that are out there, and you can't always do that. So I understand Natives. I mean, I understand uh, Old Town's position on that. I think where Old Town made a bit of a miss is that they put that PDL, the EPDL, on a platform that wasn't the horse that they had put their saddle on for the last three years. I think it should have mm -hmm. been an extension of the Sportsman Series yeah. because the Sportsman Series are killing it. And I think that I just, if there is a miss in that, I think that that's the case. But I also think that they might be smarter than me and they understand that it needs to you know appeal to a broader you know audience, big water being saltwater and also still you know uh, appealing to freshwater anglers. And that maybe that when the story is completely told, Old Town gets to say, ha ha, we were right. I, I don't know. I personally don't usually safety up, but I probably would have safety up if I was Old Town in this case. I would have done the Sportsman EPDL 136 or something like that, right? Um, I would have tried to make it retroactive, but I understand how hard those things are. Right. But I do think from an innovation standpoint, it just shows that Old Town, one of the biggest players in the game right now, and Native, always been one of the biggest players in the game, are really jockeying for position to be that new number one brand, which then makes it even more problematic for Hobie taking back over the number one slot. And I think that if there is a, and again, we're doing state of the union for kayak fishing here, guys, I'm covering everything. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. If I think there's a bigger issue, the biggest issue that Hobie faces is not consumer confidence. Let's be real. We as consumers and as a biomass of humans have a really short memory. You can lose our loyalty pretty quick. We can also gain it back pretty quick, right? So consumer confidence isn't the hardest road that Hobie has to travel. It's not the hardest row they have to row. It's dealer confidence. Because what has made Hobie what it is, is their protection of their dealers, their protection of their brand, and their maintaining of that price point and preserving that margin for the dealers who invest so heavily in those more expensive kayaks. That's been eroded by the warranty servicing issues. It's been eroded by the posture of moving into more big box. And I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle that Hobie has to overcome. And again, I hope they do it. I hope they figure it out. I don't think going into big box is the solution. Mm. I understand that if you are hemorrhaging money and you can go to a company like Shields or Bass Pro Shop or somebody like that and they can write a big check, I think that that's a uh, short-term solution for a long-term problem. And then the ticking time bomb that I'm worried about is if you buy your Hobie from Brad at Sunjammers down in Panama City Beach and you have a problem, Brad at Sunjammers is going to take care of you. That's just mm. how it is. If you buy your Hobie at Fish USA and PA, they're going to take care of you. If you buy it at Appomattox River Company in um, uh, Virginia, in um, Farmville, they're going to take care of you. I could go on, and I'm not dissing anybody by not naming them. Those are just a few of the ones that, that came to mind right off the top of my head. Um, they're going to take care of you. If you buy your boat from Dick's or from Shields and you go back in there and say, hey, my this happened, they're going to look at you here in the headlights. Um, they're going to shrug their shoulder and then you're going to call Hobie and they're going to tell you to go to a real dealer. And so that's the other problem. Right. And again, I'm telling you this is happening. That's the real problem that the dealers have is not only are they losing the sales to these big box stores, but they're also expected to carry the burden of handling the servicing and handling the warranty issues for a boat. They didn't make their margin on. Right. That, that's a, that's a net negative because it costs them the sale. And now they're having to do the, the servicing, so it's a double uh, a double whammy. So a lot of dealers are pulling out of servicing warranty, and that mm. was Hobie's major competitive advantage for years: is that the dealers were so behind the brand. Every store that you walked into had the little peddling man, you know, with the little foot pedals. They had the Hobie signage everywhere. Hobies were always in the premium position uh, in the stores, and I'm seeing some of that not be the case anymore. And again, mm. guys, listen. You want to chime in and say, oh, he's a Hobie head. You can, you can say whatever you want to. I'm legitimately just giving you real shit of what's going on in our industry right now and not trying to shovel crap on it, but also not trying, you know, uh, to sugarcoat it. And every brand has had these issues. Bonafide had some major issues during the initial merger with uh, Big Adventures because there was a, a weird dynamic of figuring out how does Bonafide fit into the brand structure of you know, native and liquid logic and, and mm. all that good stuff. It took a while to, to sort it out. And there was some subpar quality boats put out because they did it different at 
big adventures than Bonafide did it when they were in South Carolina. And it just took a minute to work some of that stuff out. So I'm hoping that the big layoff of, of a, a big part of Hobie's workforce is a big part of this is that there's not the right voices there and that they find those voices to steer the ship in the right direction. I hope that they focus on getting dealer consumer or dealer confidence back first, because with dealer confidence, you can build back consumer confidence. But if you just get consumer confidence back first and you focus on that, you're not necessarily going to get your, your dealers back. Right. So we've got to get back to holding dealers accountable for warranty issues. Mm. If you buy your truck from a dealership, you go to that dealer to get your service. You don't call Ford if you wake up one morning in your F-150. You don't text Elon Musk and say, hey, my Tesla is not charging. You go to your dealer. And I think that dealers who make a bigger margin on the boat than the manufacturers do have a responsibility to, 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 to take care of you. That's the purchase agreement you made. Hey, I'm buying this product from you. If I have a problem with it, I need your help right. in fixing it. And I think if we can do that, the dealers then hold the manufacturers accountable, the better the consumer experience gets better. Manufacturers, for the most part, aren't geared to deal with individual consumers. Mm. They are geared to deal with dealers. Their customers are the dealers, and the dealer's customers are you, right? But again, trying to chase customer satisfaction, too many brands have tried to take care of the customers. They, they do the best they can because the national sales manager happens to answer the phone because he's got the time, and he starts the process, and then he gets slammed with his real job, taking care of dealers. And then the ball gets dropped and, mm. you know, Billy Bob doesn't hear from you in three weeks. And it's like, what the <laughs> hell? But Billy Bob should have gone through the dealer. The dealer should have made the call, convey that to the manufacturer. The manufacturer says, okay, it's a warranty. Cut out the serial number, destroy the boat, send us proof of d- destruction. We'll put a new boat on the next shipment to your store. Bada boom, bada bing. Mm-hmm. It's that's how it's supposed to work. Um, and that's probably the biggest reason that you've got to take a hard look at this um, Alibaba boat kind of thing, because the initial purchase is very attractive. I get it. Um, I'll go a little further than Darren and say that it's probably a two season purchase more than like a one season purchase. You're going to see some degradation in season one, but you're probably going to get a good two seasons out of most of these boats and several seasons if you're only fishing, you know, once or twice a month or something like that. But the biggest issue is if you have a problem okay guys and girls let me know have you purchased an alibaba kayak i want to hear your experience how long have you owned it have you had a good experience have you had a horrible experience if you ever had to put in for a warranty claim i want to hear it all so please write that out in the comments below i look forward to reading that all right let's hop back in by and large even if you've got a good dealer that dealer's ordering a container of these boats that's coming from china or vietnam or you know, wherever. And let's say they sell all other boats and you go in there and you say, hey, I cracked my hole. They got to get another container full <laughs> of those boats before they're going to be able to fill your warranty. And right. I've seen it where people have waited a year and a half on some Jeez. of those brands. To replace. I've, I've 100% seen it. Because here's what else happens. By and large, the next container coming in is already pre-sold. Sold, because yeah. these companies are split in the market so you might have to wait two, three containers because they can't just wedge another one in there, right? Here, right. You, you can't just strap it to the top. For the most part, these brands are ordering these boats. And the one that's probably done the best at it of all uh, is Vibe. You know, Vibe has actually sold recently. Uh, so I think that the new ownership is probably going to invest in, you know, kind of improving that. But out of all of the, the Alibaba brands, I think they probably did the best job 
of kind of even getting some of their own designs, even though I think their designs were still, you know, cake decorator of things that other brands had. Um, they did the best job of having enough inventory to where if you had a problem, they could take care of their dealer to take care of you uh, mm -hmm. quicker than, you know, say the most, most of the rest of them. I really do hope that, uh, that this warranty thing gets figured out because, and that the dealer satisfaction thing gets figured out because if it, if it doesn't, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a long-term problem for Hobie. It's not a, a short-term fix. I hope Jackson gets that fire in the belly again. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of what new canoe feel free old town, uh, big adventures, both bonafide and um, there's stuff that's coming out that I'm excited about that I can't talk about because, you know, I can't talk about it yet. But, you know, not only is there like the 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 new river and then the the SKF and then there's like just a, there's a list for, you know, several years of, nice. of projects that, that have been greenlighted. And I'm excited about that. And I'm I'm hoping that that Old Town continues to do what they do. All right, guys, this is a 30-minute clip of an hour and a half interview that Chad and I had talking about the state of the union, the state of kayak fishing. So if you're interested in the full length, hit that sub. I know that Chad's starting a podcast here soon. The full length is going to be on that as well. 